Yo, 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 welcome back. Elite Heat episode six. And in this video, well, podcast, we've got a really good one, okay? Kevin Bonafide Heat, my co host, is a massive fan of Randy Orton. And that is who we're going to be talking about in this video today Randall Keith Orton. Everyone has an opinion on him, whether you love Orton, you hate Orton, you nothing Orton, whether Randy Orton being on TV pushed the way he has for over 10 years has made you turn off wrestling altogether. Regardless of what you think of Randy Orton, it's going to make for a fun discussion. So today, we're going to talk all about him. I'll throw this over to you really quickly, Kevin. I guess I'll ask you, just right off the top, give us a quick like summary of your opinions on Randy Orton. All right, before I do that, I have exciting news that I have to oh. say off top. We, okay. got, we got Super Chat now for the premiere. So if you're live in the premiere and you feel like throwing a Super Chat our way, feel free. That is unlocked. Oh, we got that going, so that is awesome. Also, yep, yep. Big congrats to Bonafide Heat for getting uh, his his channel monetized in the partner program. Now that's a that's a big W. Okay, so yeah, get 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 a W in chat if you if you're watching this live. But yeah, awesome news about the super chats. You love to hear it. It's unbelievable. Thank you all for the support. We can't we can't do this without all of you that stay, that stick around in the premieres. Like last week, we had an hour and a half long episode, and some of you guys stayed through all the way to the end. So that really does mean a lot. And yeah, we're on Spotify too. Don't forget about that. The link is in the in the description. So check us out if you don't want to watch the video version. I completely understand. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to my favorite wrestler of all time, Randy Orton. Yeah, hit us with it, Kevin. What are your thoughts on the guy? Just off the top, what do you think? Let's get into this. When, when I think of Randy Orton. I think of somebody that, like, ah, God, I think of somebody that I've been watching on my television screen since I was six years old. Let's put that into perspective. I'm 24 years old now. I've been watching Randy Orton for, what, what is that, 18 years? And yep. the guy legitimately has not changed at all. At Like, if you go from, you look at him in 2002, the only thing different about him is that he had, that he had spiked hair. That, like, that's it. This guy has not changed anything. Same tattoos, same trunks, uh, entrance music has changed, the same 25-minute walk to the ring, the same pose, the same five moves. He, like, now in 20, 2021, 2020, he's showing a little bit of evolution, finally. Uh, I, I, ironically, he was in the stable evolution, yep. and he hasn't evolved at all throughout his entire career. <laughs> he, he's got a little bit of character now. I'll give him that, a little bit of character. But still, when I ask you... What is Randy Orton? What what comes to mind? What is Randy Orton? Um, the pro wrestler, he, not not the human being. The character, uh, the television character. The character? Oh, he's he's the viper. He's the legend killer, Kevin. What is a he viper? What is, what is a viper? Is he a snake? <laughs> is this a human snake? Where where is his snake suit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. The apex predator. What is an apex yeah. predator? What what does that even mean? If you if you're the apex predator, that implies that you're like the top guy, right? That you're like yeah. the number one, the end all, be all. So shouldn't Roman Reigns be called the apex predator? Well, no. If WWE were topical, they'd give the apex predator gimmick to the Velveteen Dream, but we won't go there. Oh, I mean, no, sorry. Um, no. I mean, Randy Orton. What is the apex predator? The apex predator of what? What's he a predator of? Like, he, is he a predator of May Young's the Akiota once? Does that make you an apex predator? I just, how does it work, Kevin? Oh, that opens up a whole can of worms, too. The good, the RKO, like, like everybody pops when he RKOs a woman. Like, they popped it when he RKO'd Alexa Bliss. And it's like, bro, we've seen this before. Mae Young, Stacey Keebler, 
um, who was the more more recently? Nia Jax. Phoenix, Nia, Nia Jax. Jax. It's yep. like like it's not like that's not gonna get that's not gonna get clicks. You know, that's not gonna get clicks on YouTube or on Twitter or on Facebook. It's just not. Like people overhype the hell out of Randy Orton. Everything Randy Orton does, you would think that like you would think Michael Jordan just came back out of retirement and it's like prime Jordan or something. It's it's, it's crazy. Oh, it's just uh, Randy Orton. I mean, there's so much we can talk about. I guess we'll start off with something that is like defines him, something that personifies him. You mentioned it there, Kevin. Give me your honest opinions on the RKO as a finisher. This this finisher it epitomizes Randy Orton. He became famous on Vine because of this. So, what are your thoughts on the RKO, Kevin? Uh, the RKO, I really do think it's it's a top five finisher. Now, yes, he stole it blatantly from Diamond Dallas Page, and I mean, for those of you who are too young. DDP was a wrestler in WCW. His finishing move was the diamond cutter. It's the exact same thing that Randy Orton does. Like it's literally the RKO. But the RKO in my mind is is like a top five finisher. It's one of the most synonymous finishing moves because, like you said, it went viral on Vine, and that's really like that's like the RKO is why Randy Orton is so famous. It's because of those memes. Like you, we've all seen the memes where it's like you got Randy Orton RKOing Superman. Or, you know, if, like if somebody falls out of a pool, you got, they insert RKO, uh, an RKO in there. We've seen yeah. the meme. But I, I do think the RKO is a great move, honestly. Like, if we're just talking about the RKO, it is a great move. Yeah, it, it's good because it, I mean, it's one of these moves which, I mean, any, anyone could do it. So it's not like it's some amazing feat of strength. It's not like a Batista bomb or a move like that, which requires, like, lifting someone up. It's a move that really anyone can do. So in that regard... That's a bit of a shot at the finisher, but at the same time, nonetheless, it's one of the most infamous wrestling finishes. Like, if casual fans think of anything from the PG era, they're going to think of Cena, like Cena's theme song, You Can't See Me, Randy Orton, the RKO out of nowhere. That's something that is synonymous with the Viper, John, um, Randy Orton. Just in general, I think the RKO, some of the great ones, the one he did on Seth Rollins at Mania 31, that one was just... I mean, what, what were your thoughts on that? The Mania 31 match had with Seth Rollins, the finish. What do you think of that? Um, I thought I thought that match itself, like, we're, we're going to talk about the build-up in long form. We're going to get there. The build-up was yeah. just awful. Like, honestly, yeah. one of the worst built WrestleMania matches of all time. But oh, the... I'm going to get my hands on you, John. Why, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> the, the match itself was okay. I mean, Randy Orton and Rollins, they're going to have a good match. But that's the thing with Randy Orton is that his WrestleMania matches are always just okay or average. He hasn't really had a great WrestleMania match aside from the one he had with Undertaker and the triple threat with Kurt and Ray. And yeah, every, good, every... not great. Good, not great. That's how you describe them. Exactly. Really. And everything else aside from those two have just been okay. Like, they're just like Randy Orton and AJ Styles, an okay match. Randy Orton and CM Punk, a good match. Randy Orton and Seth Rollins, okay. But the RKO, yeah. I mean, it's a super yeah. famous spot. Everybody's seen it. Seth Rollins went for the curb stomp. Um, and then, you know, Rollins... It, 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 one of the most choreographed moves in the history of pro wrestling. Like, true, if, you, if you don't true. like choreographed... Yeah. That's not for you. But yeah, I mean, Randy Orton, what can I say? All right, but I, I want to talk about, I want to give him some credit first before we get into ranting. Yeah. I'm going to give Randy Orton yeah. some credit. This will be the shortest part of the podcast. It's probably going to be about five <laughs> to seven minutes long. And then we can get right to the good stuff, right to me yelling, getting my blood pressure up. So I'll give him some credit. Randy Orton from 2003 to 2006, I would say was pretty was pretty great. I, I would say he had a great run. Started with Evolution. You know, he had matches with Mick Foley that are pretty iconic. Matches with The Undertaker. That Undertaker feud in 2005. Best feud of 2005. Really good stuff. 
2006, yeah. the feud with Rey Mysterio, and I can't remember what else he did after 2000 after that WrestleMania. I think he got suspended for drugs, right? In 06. Yep. Yep. That then. Yep. So yeah, so he missed he oh he did rated RKO that's what it was so rated RKO, really good stuff and then in two thousand seven was when he got suspended so I think when Randy Orton is on, and he's trying and he's focused and he has good talent talented people to work with that are on his level, because uh, he doesn't he doesn't really bring people up to his level he can only work with people that are on his level if that makes sense. Yeah yeah exactly I mean Edge Cena these type of guys like yeah. You put Randy Orton out there against like Jack Swagger or these type of like Jinder Mahal type or these current day wrestlers like a Bray Wyatt or a Rusev, and like Orton just goes through the motions. He's like, oh yeah, I'm better than this guy. He, like goes out there, puts on a, a half effort match. The match ends up being meh, and then that's all Randy Orton did in the 2010s, basically. You know? Like, yeah, exactly. So yeah, like what like 04, 05, 06, he's working with Triple H, he's working with Taker, he's working with Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, he's working with these all-time greats. And he had a he had a great run and he became one yeah. of the best rising stars. Like people thought in 2003-04 that Randy Orton was going to be the face of, of wrestling. Like you looked at Evolution, you were like Batista is going to be there now, you know, cuz he was already like 35 or something when Evolution started, but Orton yeah. was like 24. So you're looking like Orton's going to be the biggest thing in wrestling going. And then a, a guy that was doing a Vanilla Ice impression, you might have heard of him. Uh, you, I don't know, his name's like John Cena or something, kind of took his spot. A, as <laughs> Cena has reminded us time and time again. And that's the thing about Randy Orton. It's like, I guess maybe that's why I have such a problem with him is because the potential is there, the talent is there. Like, if you build a wrestler from the ground up, Maggle, it's, it's going to be Randy Orton. Like, he is oh, everything. Oh, you build a WWE superstar from the ground up and look just like Randy Orton, Maggle. Oh, he's chiseled from granite, Michael. I love it, Michael. Like, yeah, JBL. I love it. I'm surprised you're able yeah. to do this JBL impression after that Vince video. Oh man, no, it, it it's hurt. It hurts, but it's all for the content, so it's worth it. Yeah. So, yeah, so you look at Randy Orton. He's supposed to be a top ten wrestler of all time, just because of like the way he was pushed. He's been given every single chance in the world, but he fumbled it. He just didn't care. He did. He got busted for drugs. He didn't care when he was in the ring with certain people, and it, it really is a shame. Like that's like way like my basis of the problem with him. He should be better than he is. It shouldn't have been John. John Cena shouldn't have taken his spot. John Cena was supposed to be future endeavored in like 2003, but instead he went on to be yeah. the biggest wrestler of of the 2010s, and that was supposed to be Randy Orton. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, I. You're pretty accurate. Also, quick question: We're talking about the good of Randy Orton here. Which, what, like, what do you think is Randy Orton's best year? Now, I mean, I mean, 2020 is, in my opinion, but some other ones. 2004, you mentioned it briefly there. 2009, many people look at it as like the year of Randy Orton. I know you you probably don't think it was that great in hindsight, but I'll get your opinion on it in a moment. And then 2020. So, what do you think was the best year of Randy Orton's WWA career? My my favorite year is 05. For, for him like, I just, oh okay, okay. Fine. yeah I love that Undertaker feud I, I go back and I watch those matches that he had with Taker that was like he was doing like cool like he was doing pretty cool shit like he pretty much if you look at 05 and you look at what he did in 2020 it's basically the same it, it's like a carbon copy of the same thing he did he set Undertaker on fire he set The Fiend on fire in 2020 he had what a Hell in a Cell match with Drew McIntyre he had a Hell in a Cell match with Taker he had yep. a good WrestleMania match with Edge in 2020. He had a good WrestleMania match with Undertaker. Like, it's it's almost a carbon copy of everything that he did. 
Yeah, there was a SummerSlam match with a, a, a dodgy finish. In 05, they did the stuff with Bob Orton and the mask. And then in 2020, it was like the roll-up. So it's fairly similar just all across the board, which, I mean, in that regard, that's pretty pretty cool to think about, I guess. Yeah, it is. And then yeah. I, I think uh, 09, too, was, was pretty solid. I, I, I mm. really... I, I don't really remember that too much. I just remember the botched WrestleMania main event. And it's not that's not all on him. That was the way that was WWE's booking. I mean that they set up they built they built up to a street fight and then they just the, the rules we don't really need to talk about that. Just a complete botch. We're gonna talk about that in good detail later on, so don't worry about that. But yeah, two thousand nine. Really good year all round for him. Any other years? What did you say? Uh, I think oh six uh, was it yeah 06 to 07 the whole rated rko era i thought that was yeah. pretty good too yeah and then tw- 2020 is the obvious one which we'll probably talk about much later in the podcast so yeah orton's had some good years he's done some good stuff i think one other thing we'll talk about for the good is i mean promos particularly when he's trying like when randy Orton's not trying and he's going through the motions his promos are dreadful but when he's actually like you know switched on like he was last year and at the moment his promos are really good. You have to give him that, Kevin. Yeah, when he's a heel, his promos are pretty good. Like, I don't think anybody, like even the diehard Randy Orton fans, will put him in like the top ten or top fifteen guys on the mic ever. Like he's not even—he doesn't even approach like Jericho or Punk or Rock or any of those guys. But yeah, when he's when he's on it, when he's a heel, because his babyface promos—it doesn't matter if he's on or not. Him as a babyface is just pretty bad all across the board. But yeah, he's he's a he's a very good promo. I can't take that away from him yeah completely fair so i mean we've covered that as far as i mean can you think of anything positive to say about his in ring and his like matches and anything positive there kevin <laughs> it's funny it's funny the way you pose these questions i, I I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to be fair here i'm trying i'm trying to be fair because we're a, we're an objective podcast it's not just gonna yep. be me screaming for an hour but you will get we don't, me screaming. We, don't have an agenda, we don't have an agenda like every other podcast in the community don't worry it's just we're we're, we're just trying to have some fun talking about wrestling. So, yeah, Kevin, hit us with it. Is there anything good about Randy Orton's in-ring that you personally enjoy? Um, hmm. Yeah, I think, like, one thing particularly that I really enjoy is that he's a guy that, like, I think if you're learning to be a wrestler, I think you should study what Randy Orton does in-ring. Like, his facials. True. True. He knows exactly where to be. Like, he, like he's he's a class act in that aspect like all the all the intangibles the essentials that you need the basics that you need to be a pro wrestler i think randy orton really epitomizes that pretty well like he's he's all like psychology wise you, you don't you hardly ever watch a randy orton match and you think what the fuck like this doesn't this doesn't make any sense yeah also i'll, I'll sorry to cut you off i just want to build on that point right there if you're an up-and-coming wrestler i know i've had a couple of you guys dm me and you know who you are and people mention that i want to be a wrestler i'm older and be a wwe superstar one of the things you need to like actively look at is how randy orton does it because yes randy orton hasn't made a career out of the five star dave Meltzer rating matches okay randy orton's matches are so consistently okay or consistently good but he look at the success he's had he's had what an 18 year career most of which has been in either the main event scene or like a a high place on the card like look at that structure don't look at these indie wrestlers who are doing the 30 minute matches where they're doing 720 flips off the top rope and landing headfirst on a guardrail. Don't look at those wrestlers because if you do that, your career will be over by 25. Okay, look at how Randy Orton's done it. The way he wrestles, it's it's made it sure it's made so that he can have a career of longevity, a career of prosperity, and that now when he's what 40, he can still be in the main event scene of WWE, 18 years into his career. 
So yeah, if you're getting into the business, if you're trying to break in, watch how Orton does it because the psychology, the expressions, the storytelling, it's everything you need. Yeah, and I'll build on that too because that is a great point. If you do happen, like if you do happen to find yourself around Randy Orton, I would suggest getting some diet advice from him too. I mean, the dude is forty years old, and some workout advice. The dude is forty years old and look, looks like he's twenty-five. He knows how to yeah. take care of his body. Like he he knows what a wrestler is supposed to look like, and he knows how to deliver that look. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah, the, the like the look has never been something that Orton's really like. You know, it's never been a criticism of him. It's not like he's one of the NXT guys nowadays. You think, oh, uh, don't know, don't know about his look or Chris Jericho nowadays, which is a whole separate issue in and of itself. But yeah, you look at Randy Orton, you think that guy looks like a wrestler, which is a massive start. I know a lot nowadays people are like, well, it's not about what you look like. It's how if you can go in the ring. No, stop it. Casuals don't care how good your work rate is. Casuals want to see guys who look like they could beat each other up, beat each other up. So Orton, he fits those criteria. So in that regard, that's definitely a positive of Orton. While we're talking about positives, I'll ask about his theme song. Do you think, do you like the theme song he has? I, I find it, I used to find it catchy. Now I'm just sick of it. Like when I, when I was like, when he, when he first started it, I like the voice of yeah. song, I thought it was cool, but now I, I, I can't find any enjoyment in it. I hear voices in my head. They talk to me, Kevin. They talk to me. Oh. <laughs> what what, what about you? Do you enjoy it? Uh, it's, it's serviceable. I, I'd be lying if I said, oh, I, I love his theme song, but I don't hate it. Like, I hear that, and I'm like, yeah. If I had to listen to a wrestler's theme song for an hour, would that be, the, like, an hour straight? Would that be the first song I'd pick? God, no. But would it be, like, maybe top 15 or 20? Probably. Probably. You know, it's better than the ones nowadays that CFO make, but it's not, like, incredibly god-tier, like Edge's one, for example. Man, we could do a little rant on that. How bad is the theme music nowadays? Oh, it's just My awful. God. It, like, 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 I think back Randy Orton's theme song is done by an, a legitimate band, Mark Henry from the rap group. I forgot the the rap group. Mark Henry's theme, theme song. song sucks, but anyway, we'll, we'll keep moving. Yeah, Mark Henry. Uh, <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, what? What? What you say? What did you say? Mark Henry's theme song sucks. It's so bad. What? Are you not a hip hop guy? Oh no, it's it's just the lyrics. Like, look at the look at the lyrics on paper. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck on repeat for two minutes. That's good music to you? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> that, that's what hip hop is about. Lyrics that don't <laughs> lyrics that don't make any sense with a great beat. That's what that's what hip hop is about. Imagine, imagine you're a professional musical artist. You're in the studio. You're thinking, what can we do for a theme song? And you just write, beat him up, break his neck, and you just repeat that for two minutes. That's it's, music. The beat, it? the beat is great. I, I like oh, all. Beats, I, yeah, the all I care all I care about is the beat. That beat is iconic. Oh, okay. Okay, I see why I see why we have a disagreement then. Yeah, gotcha. I mean, you talk about annoying lyrics. I mean, you got you got that voices, and then you're like, "Wow!" Like, bro, like he has like he, his theme song was Cody Rhodes' theme song before Cody Rhodes' theme song even existed. If that makes any sense. Yeah, but I mean, you talk about theme songs there. Like, you think of Randy Orton, you can you know, easily recite his theme song. Cena, Edge, like the ruthless aggression type guys. Even our buddy Dolph Ziggler has has a recognizable True. theme song. And then you look at wrestlers nowadays. Like, can anyone honestly tell me R. Lee's theme song? Like, can anyone tell me, like, all these random guys nowadays, like, the NXT hey, Isn't at least, like, I'ma go hard, I'ma, I'ma go hard, or something like that? Oh, that's, de oh, that is, oh, wow, that's up there with, <laughs> on this day I see clearly, and, oh, it's time to play the game, that's right up there. That, that's music that the mainstream's gonna love. Like, what, what, like, what about Ricochet's theme song, where it's like, dun, 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 like, bro. So bad. Ricochet's theme song. Oh, we, we gotta do a whole video. We gotta do a whole video now about horrible theme songs. 
Oh, that'd be that'd be jokes. Hey, also, let, let, yeah, if you if, if you're in the if you're in the chat right now, spam W's if you want to see us make an elite heat episode, basically ranting on how bad theme songs are nowadays. Because oh my god, they've fallen so oh, far. Oh, we could go in all day. All right, let, let, let's get it. Let's get into the meat and potatoes now. Let's get to why people are here. Let, yes, let, sir. Let, let's keep it real with Randy Orton now. Okay, so I think we'll, we'll start this off. Like I'll talk. We'll do a bit of retro Orton real quick. Kevin, you've done a bit of research. You know all about the Apex Predator. Talk to us just briefly about the early days of Orton, him getting into the business, all that kind of stuff. Go for it. Uh, first of all, the guy got a dishonorable discharge from the Marines. That's terrible. That like, is terrible. That's bad. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are like, yo, this guy, the fact that this guy makes, a mi makes millions of dollars is a disgrace. The fact yeah. that he's allowed to do what he does. And I get it. He draws money for WWE. Like, that's it. That's part of the business. You're a slave for WWE and you get paid well in return if you're able to draw money. But the yeah. fact that he has that on his record, like, if he didn't make it in WWE, I don't know what he would be doing right now. Like, he'd probably be working at a retail store or something. Because not a lot of companies would hire him with a dishonorable oh, discharge. Like, that's just insane. And he got his foot in the door because of his dad. A lot of people, like, they dump on, like, Cody Rhodes, saying that Cody Rhodes is, like, he lives off his family name. Well, so does Randy Orton. Randy Orton only got the opportunity he did because of his dad. Like, we gotta, we gotta I be mean honest. I mean, basically, I mean, if, if he wasn't an Orton and he was, God knows, if he had any other last name, like, if he was Randall Smith from some random, from some round, random town in Carolina, would he be in the same position as if he was Bob Orton and Cowboy Bob and all these, you know, these wrestlers, like, sign, it, ma it makes you think, and I, I guess th that can be a shot at Randy Orton, but at the same time, he got to where he got to, is the family and that kind of thing, the nepotism a part of it? Yeah, probably. But at the end of the day, he got to the WWA after all, so is yeah, what it is. Exactly. I mean, the, the, his family got him in the door, but he worked to keep himself on the top, so I can't take too much away from him. And then, yeah, he he spent yeah. some time in OBW. It is what it is. He was a part of a legendary class with him, Batista, Brock, Cena, Shelton Benjamin, just five like yeah. all-time great prospects. Nothing really to say there. And then he came up to the main roster. Have you ever seen any of his early stuff? in 2002 when he was like just this generic white meat baby well, when he had when he was like the the carbon creator wrestler and he had no tattoo or like one tattoo he had just like these like blue trunks that didn't fit him he was just so blandly that's what you're talking about yes like how bad were those promos he's just like i'm randy orton and i'm here <laughs> on smackdown <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like that's just like, god that, that the fact that that guy went on to become an all-time great is insane yeah it's crazy i mean when we're talking about like early days randy orton i think a few months after that like i think it was the o2 survivor series i remember that promo randy orton cut well this is when he was oh, like yeah. he was taking a like, heel persona he was in a sling and he's like oh i was, like, I was on the flight to this you know madison square garden today and stacy cable gave me a pillow it's like what is this like <laughs> i don't even know he's because he's like this he's this like ladies man character and it's like, well, we've seen that a million times, but nonetheless, if you want to do it, bring something to the table. So he's in a sling, you know, we, we've just seen, I forget what we just saw, but something dramatic's just happened and, you know, Shawn Michaels is being interviewed and we cut to Randy Orton, he's in his sling being like, Stacey Keebler gave me a comfortable pillow. It's like, <laughs> bruh. 
it, it was called the Randy News Network. That, that's who you're yes, that, yes. The, the Randy R-N-N. News Network. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I mean, like, all right, I'll give it a, I, I'm going to give a comparison. If they would have kept the Randy News Network and put it on Raw every single week for the last 15 years, that's basically what Miz TV is. Legit. Legit facts. It's just... Like nothing would have happened. It would just be Randy Orton out there with it, like making those weird faces just like, Hi. I, uh... Can you picture that though? It's like uh, I can picture them doing this. So instead of the CNN logo, they change the C to an R. They give Randy on like a news desk, and he'd sit behind there, and he'd get his guest out there, and Orton would be like, "Hello, John. Hello." And like they do these like back and forth promos. Everyone would change the channel, and raw ratings would be in the dumps like they are now. Exactly. You know, like that would have that would have been just. Hi, Alexa <laughs> Bliss. Like in 2020, you have Randy <laughs> News Network. Hi, Alexa Bliss. Talk to us about your character transformation. <laughs> you know, that's just that's what we would see right now. And then you'd have like he would get mad and throw the set, like like how Miz throws the couch on Miz TV, but he's not strong enough to do it, so he just like half ass throws it. <laughs> you know, like... that's why they gave Miz. That's why they gave Miz director's chairs. He couldn't. He wasn't strong enough to throw couches. <laughs> oh, I love how this turned um... into a Miz rant. But yeah, this oh, was I'm like one. one of the worst gimmicks. Like one of the worst like. What are the most bland, horrible gimmicks that you could like? WWE never mentions this, and it's for a reason. It was just so cringe. And then somehow he wound up in Evolution, I guess, because Triple H and Ric Flair really liked him. He wound yep. up in Evolution, and like he didn't do anything in Evolution at all. Like from 2003, I cannot remember anything that Randy Orton did in, in, throughout 2003. Well, yeah, like well, the, the thing with Evolution, it was Triple H was like the guy, the world champion. Ric Flair was like the the old timer. This is the Nature Boy. And then you had Batista, who was the muscle, and Orton was just, like, there. He yeah, was, like, but, the prodigy, but Batista was, like, the next guy. Batista was, like, the guy that's going to main event WrestleMania in a year, and then Orton was the yeah. guy that's going to main event WrestleMania five years from now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, I mean, Evolution, they did give everyone a, a good run. I mean, 2000, well, when did Evolution form? Like, early 03, and yeah, then they 03. went through to, like, late 04. Because then they broke up, and Batista did the thumbs down, and Orton. It, it, won it broke, the world it broke up when Orton won the world title at from Benoit. Oh, the, that match, Jesus. Okay, that well, that Orton world title reign. Uh, I just want to talk about something, but in like 03 and 04. Like, do you want to talk about um his run as the IC champion with Foley, for a positive? Yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about that first for a brief minute. Yeah, why not? Yeah. So, so he has like. We'll skip to 03 because literally nothing happened that I can remember. Yeah. And then 04, he's, I don't know. Yeah, he starts yeah. doing the legend gimmick, the legend killer gimmick. I, I got a rant now. I actually, it came to my mind. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> he started doing the, the legend killer gimmick in like late 03, early 04. And I was just thinking like, this is the, like, this is terrible. This sucks. <laughs> you know, that like, I, I don't know how you felt about the legend killer, but I thought it's, I thought it was terrible. It's the most unoriginal gimmick. Like, oh, I'm just going to beat up legends and Yeah. I'm going to get cheap heat. It was like the epitome of cheap heel heat. He was spitting like Jake the Snake Roberts' face, Roddy Piper's face, Mick Foley's face. The Mick Foley, and then th- th- that's what birthed the Mick Foley feud and ended up bringing The Rock back, what have you. So some good stuff came out of it. But I just remember those segments were just like awful. Like it would just be like Roddy Piper, like, look, kid, you're so good. If you just like put your head straight on your shoulders in order to just look at him like, ah, and hakalugia at him. I'm like, bro, this is bad. Like this is not entertaining TV. I guess yeah. at the time it was kind of edgy, like when he kicked Jake the Snake Roberts down the stairs, like at the time. But I watch those things back now, and they just don't age that well. It's like, especially like after what happened with Jerry Lawler having a heart attack on live TV, it just it wasn't yeah. very good. I don't know. How, what do you feel? What What is your opinion on the Legend Killer gimmick? Well, you mentioned the phrase "cheap hate," which I, I think is an interesting way of comparing it. Like 
I know this is a bit of a stretch, but like, you should be able to get my point, and this should kind of make sense. You know when heels come out, and the way they get cheap heat from the crowd is insulting the local town sports team yeah. and that type of stuff? It's it's like one of these like cheap hate things where it's like, you know, Vince and these people in creative like, how can we get this Randy Orton guy booed? Because like no one cares about him. How can we draw a reaction? We'll just have him RKO everyone's favorite legends. It's 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 the it's the epitome of just like a cheap hate thing to do. Did Orton execute it well? Yeah, in some cases, the stuff at WrestleMania 20 where he's like, Mick, I punted you down these stairs five months ago, and here <laughs> this. This is the third stair. This is where your jaw hit the stair. And you see the fourth stair? That's where your neck hit the stair. Like, the, the, he did that. That promo is at least memorable. I at least remember it. Like, him in the stairwell with Batista and Ric Flair ahead of that random handicap match at Mania 20. At least I remember that. But, like, a bunch of them. Like, you mentioned, like, Roddy Piper. And, I mean, there's a massive list. Like, you know, you know obviously Foley. And there's a heap which I'm forgetting at the moment. But all of them would do this near enough every legend. Like, Sergeant Slaughter comes back for a random Raw appearance, and Orton would be out there within five minutes being like, I'm the legend killer, and just RKO him. And it's just like, okay, cheap heat personified, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's just cheap heat, yeah, basically. And I, I just, I remember, like, he was Intercontinental Champion, nobody really cared, but it was the Intercontinental Championship, so it is what it is. But the, the feud with Foley was good. The, the WrestleMania match was what it was. I think it was, like, Evolution versus... Yeah, it was Triple H. Not Triple H. Randy Orton, Batista, and Flair versus The Rock and McFoley. And I think The Rock and McFoley won. Whatever. The match they should have yeah. done was... Which happened at Backlash. Randy Orton versus McFoley in a hardcore match. That's, like, one of the best matches of all time. In, like, in wrestling or, history, in my opinion. Or, I mean, they could have done... They could have done Orton versus The Rock at Mania 20. Oh, Why not? Go. Yeah. I mean, if The Rock was making that appearance and the goal of the whole thing was to put over Randy Orton, like, what you could have, you could have done something where literally Ric Flair, Foley, and Batista are all, like, at ringside. You could have had Mick Foley, you know, take down Ric Flair, get a pop, and then Batista, Batista bombs Foley on the steel steps or something or through a table. Meanwhile, in the ring, Orton and The Rock are going at it because, I mean, you might as well. But instead, it was this weird, like, two-on-three handicap match, which it was a good match. Like, the talent involved, it was good, but The Rock was so rusty in the ring. It, the dynamic was just weird. No, that's probably why they didn't do it, was because The Rock was so rusty. Yeah. So, yeah. like, like at least, like, okay, the, there was no payoff to the Legend Killer gimmick. You have this okay gimmick that is getting some traction on Raw that people are talking about, and there's no big payoff at WrestleMania. Like, even if The Rock was, was rusty and didn't want to do it, they could have done the Backlash match, have Randy Orton just kill Mick Foley at WrestleMania, and Mick Foley is not seen again for, like, another year, year and a half. That would have been yeah. some sort of payoff. There was no credibility to the Legend Killer gimmick. It's another one that's too kind of forgotten about that WWE doesn't acknowledge anymore for good reason. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. Speaking so... of speaking of forgotten about, I'll transition to this now. SummerSlam 2004, one of the matches which is legitimately never talked about or discussed was when Randy Orton defeated a certain you-know-who, Chris Benoit, to become World Heavyweight Champion. They, they did this basically because Brock Lesnar was the youngest world champion. He left. Vince wanted to one-up that. So they gave Randy Orton the world heavyweight title before he was ready to you know, have the belt. So they give him the title. And Randy Orton, I'll give you get your opinion in a moment. And Randy Orton's like jumping out of birthday cakes. And it's just awful. They give the belt immediately back to Triple H within a month. It was just that they knew this, this wasn't it. So they gave the belt back to Triple H. Kevin, what were your thoughts on that? This shows you what I said earlier, that WWE had... 
WWE as like after like a couple months, they were like, yeah, John Cena and Batista are guys. Randy Orton, we don't care about him. You know, Randy Orton originally was supposed to be the face of WWE, but they saw how immature he was and whatnot. So they were like, oh, we're gonna give him the belt, see what he does with it. We're gonna give him this horrible reign. And then they ended up giving it back to Triple H because, like you said, it was so terrible. He's jumping out of birthday cakes. He was, like, the worst babyface. Like, one of the worst babyface world title runs of all time. Like, it has to be top five or six. Just, it was not good, people. He beats Chris Benoit, who just made... Chris Benoit just made Triple H tap out at WrestleMania. Made him tap out again. And he beats this guy that everybody loved. And then he turns babyface out of nowhere. It was like, like, why is he turning babyface? Because Triple H, yeah. that was like the whole Batista did the thumbs up, thumbs down thing. And they, they knew Batista was going to be the guy. They were going to build to that at WrestleMania. They knew Cena was the guy on SmackDown. And they were just like, yeah, we're going to we're gonna have Randy Orton win this title just to say that he's the youngest world champion. And that's it. We're going to kill his career. I don't know if they were thinking they were going to kill his career, but it could have. If The Undertaker didn't save his career, that could have like been the death nail for Randy Orton. He could have got future endeavored. I was like, I mean, yeah, considering it was such a failed world title run, and then he was kind of just floundering at the end of 04. But one thing I want to talk about here, this is just kind of unanimous fact with Randy Orton. We talked about the dishonorable discharge and how much of, well, basically, if you don't know what a dishonorable discharge is, basically that means you're a scumbag. That's essentially what that means. So when Randy Orton gets, you know, that, and then he comes into WWE, they're, they're telling, you know, they've gone over in like evolution documentaries and all this kind of stuff. Kind of like 2003, 2004, Randy Orton is just not taking it seriously. He's going through the motions. He's flirting with random women backstage. That's all Randy Orton's doing. He's not taking the business seriously. So in that regard, I mean, he could have well been future endeavored from WWE if he kept going down that spiral. So as you say, The Undertaker saved him. So if you want to move on to that. Yeah, The Undertaker saved his career, in all honesty, because without The Undertaker, I don't know where Randy Orton would be right now. You know, like you think about it. He... Undertaker was very giving in that WrestleMania match. Undertaker must have saw something in him, obviously, to be that giving because, like, that was the closest that anybody ever came to beating Orton or to beating Undertaker at WrestleMania. Like, that, like, there there was a point in time where the streak, it just became, okay, Undertaker's not losing. But this was before the streak stigma, and Randy Orton could have beat him. And we never would have had that legendary moment where Brock Brock beat Taker, but good thing they didn't go that route. Thank God, yeah. Yeah, sure. it was yeah. just like, man, could you imagine? Imagine that if they would have had Orton beat Undertaker in 2005 at WrestleMania. God. Oh, my God. I mean, like, everything was in place, too, because, like, this is this is Randy Orton. This guy was, at that point, what, 24, maybe? He the was, legend, like, so young. He was the legend killer, and Undertaker's a legend. Yeah, it was, his, it was his gimmick. This was the Undertaker, someone who is the most selfless pro wrestler ever. Like, Mark Calloway could well have done it. The streak, by that point, was, like, 12-0 or something. So it was like it was a it was like a good streak, but it wasn't like twenty and 0, 21 and zero as it would go on to be. So in that regard, thank God Randy Orton didn't break the streak because they so easily could have done it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's like uh, some other stuff came from this. Was the, the famous RKO where he RKO'd Stacy Keebler. That yep. that meme is still a it's still a meme. Twenty like what sixteen years later, still yep. a meme. Um, I, you know the the stuff with Undertaker it was great. We already talked about that. There really isn't much else to add, aside from the fact that Bob Orton, Randy Orton's father, almost gave The Undertaker hepatitis. No. <laughs> like, we can yeah. talk about that for a minute if you want, but they're really, uh, 05, I think we covered it. Well, what's, the, what's more to add there? Bob Orton nearly, like, hepatitis. Like, not much, not much more I can add. But <laughs> nah, nonetheless, we'll, 
we, we can, yeah, The Undertaker stuff, 2005, the whole year, really damn good. Now we can move on to 06, where this is your wheelhouse, this is your area of expertise. The Royal Rumble, you made a video on it. Orton was like one of the favorites. He nearly won it. Right in RKO. Talk to us, Kevin. Boy. Yeah, at the 06 Royal Rumble, it was, it was painfully obvious that Randy Orton was going to win. And that was the original plan, was Randy Orton was going to win the Rumble, and he was going to challenge Batista. And, like, you know, this Rey Mysterio stuff, none of that was supposed to happen. They, um, Eddie Guerrero's death changed a lot. It was supposed to be Eddie versus Sean, Batista versus Orton, whatever, what have you. It was like a four... Going into the Rumble, it was a foregone conclusion. Look, Orton's gonna win. Like, there's... The star power was okay in that match. It was what it was, but it was, like, painfully obvious. There was It was Orton or Triple H. There was, like, no other options that were gonna win this match. Yeah. And Triple H yeah. was, like... You know, he was thick Triple H. He was not in his best shape. He was what he was, so it was like Orton's gonna win. They changed, they changed plans, whatever. But then, uh, okay, Rey Mysterio wins the Rumble, he eliminates Orton. Orton beats Rey for his spot. They they start really exploiting Ray, um, Eddie Guerrero's death in some disgusting ways. Like that's when Orton was like, "Oh, he ain't in heaven. Eddie ain't in heaven. He's in hell." That Jeez. that infamous oh, promo. Oh my god. And oh my god. I know that's not yeah. Randy Orton's fault because I know Vince was like, "Ah, oh, damn it, you gotta say it, pal. You're fired." No, I get it. Well, this is, remember, remember, just sorry, Kyle. This, this is you've you've covered this in plenty of your videos. This is when Vince was off the rails. This is Vince saying the N word in front of Booker T at Survivor Series. Vince versus God in a two month storyline. He blew All up. This he kind he of blew stuff. himself yeah. up in a limo. He was wearing a do rag. He was beating Bobby yeah. Lashley on TV. Like there was, yeah. This was yeah, Vince DX, was like DX dropping filth on. Uh, it's just awful. So, yeah, Vince is off the rails. He's making Orton say these lines about Eddie's death. It's just like seriously seriously vince seriously and it's like another stain on, on on orton too it's not even though it's not all his fault but yeah so then they, they have the match at wrestlemania was what it was Rey mysterio wins he was like the least pushed world champion vince had no faith in him then rated rko i enjoy rated rko versus dx i don't know how you felt about it but it was like triple h to Shawn michaels these ogs randy orton edge these young up-and-comers i thought it was pretty good yeah i, th I thought I mean, it, look at the talent involved. Like, the talent involved tells you all you need to know. Edge, Randy Orton, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. It's a, it's like a storyline and a feud that is going to naturally get your attention just because of that. I thought what they did, the segments were funny. I remember when Raiden Darko did an impression of DX. Like, stuff like that. That's funny. That's pro wrestling. The impressions, when they're good, it's entertaining. So, I thought that stuff was really good. And... Yeah, that was Orton's 2006, pretty much. Yeah, Orton did a hilarious version of Shawn Michaels. All right, here we go. Now is the time. Bada bing. Drum roll, please. All right, let's get it. Oh, God. We're going into WrestleMania 23. Randy Orton is supposed to have this, like, this massive spot. I don't know what he was supposed to. I think they were supposed I think they were going to do Batista and Orton. I think they had plans to do that. Yeah. Now he's just, like, he's just a complete. You, if you've seen his documentary, you already know. This guy was a complete jerk-off. Like, I'm not just hating on him. He was, he was yeah. self-admittedly, he was a horrible person. He was addicted to painkillers. He was just immature, addicted to people. Uh, oh, he, I, I don't think he had, I don't think he had shot on Kofi Kingston yet but at this point. But no. it was, like, the dude was, like, he was just, he had anger issues, everything. He gets suspended, and it's, like, like I can't believe how many opportunities this guy got. He gets suspended going into WrestleMania 23, and then yep. he comes back and he just instantly is thrown right back into the world title picture. Like nothing happened. Like I, unbelievable. I don't understand. What more does this guy have to do? Like at what point does WWE management and Vince McMahon say we got to cut bait with this guy? Like it's not worth keeping around. It's not like like I can't imagine Randy Orton in 2007 was drawing that many ratings. Like we were supposed to be saved. 
remember Y2J was supposed to save us and Randy Orton standing in the ring as WWE champion in one of his meaningless <laughs> title reigns. You talk about transitional champion. This guy is the definition of a transitional champion. If you look yeah. up transitional champion at the dictionary, Randy Orton's name is going to pop up. There's just no other way around it. This guy has had, what, 14 title reigns, right? Yep, something like that. And to go with the other long list of accolades, it's just... We'll talk about the Randy Orton theory. 14 title reigns. 14. He's had 14 world title reigns. They probably lasted a combined 365 days. Uh, uh, You keep talking. I'll check it. But yeah, Randy Orton Um, is the greatest of all time. You know, 14 title reigns. That's what matters, pal. This guy is going to pass Ric Flair. In title reigns. Oh, yeah. Guarantee it. And it's going to, like, they're not going to be anything. He has a title reign with, with Benoit. He loses in a month. The worst babyface champion of the, of the 2000s. And then 2007, the whole Chris Jericho feud. Nobody gave a damn. Chris Jericho returned, and, and they put him in there with Randy Orton. Like that. Like, you yeah. have Chris Jericho make his big return. And it's against Randy Orton, who had not been on TV for a while. Like, I don't even know how he got the WWE Championship. It wasn't at SummerSlam from Cena. Um, he won the title, so yeah, I've got the thing. Yeah, so basically, Cena won it at Unforgiven 06 from Edge in the TLC match. Cena had a 380-day reign, and then he had, he loses it because he tore his pec. And then Randy oh, Vince, Orton... Oh, Vince handed him the belt. That's what it was. Yeah. Vince was like, oh, pal, here's the WWE Championship for no reason. Yeah, legit, literally, yeah. McMahon ha- awarded it to Orton at the start of the event and was immediately challenged by Triple H. Then Triple H beat Orton that same night, so Orton's reign was two hours that time. And then Orton won the belt back, what, again? Oh, like, the, in a last man standing match. T- I'm looking at the title history, and it's just October 7, 2007, October 7, 2007, October 7, 2007, Orton, Triple H, Orton. So Orton got the belt two different reigns in one night. Like... <laughs> Yeah, great, greatest world champion of all time, though, of the modern era, whatever, whatever you want to call it. it doesn't oh, mean, like, it's just yeah. giving him title reigns. And then the WWE parades it like, like legitimately, he's probably had like three or four legit title reigns that have actually that have been actual title reigns because this BS doesn't count. Yeah. He he gets awarded the belt from Vince and then loses it and then wins it back. And then there was the one where he where he won the belt from from Punk where he kicked Punk in the head and was given the belt again. Like, yeah, God. Because I'm looking at. It- for his WWE title runs, so yeah, when he won it in the main event of No Mercy 07, he had a 203-day reign up until Backlash the next year. And then you, I'm just scrolling through these reigns, 21 days, 42 days, what's this, 64. Like, it, these reigns are just nothing reigns. They're transitional, as you say. And then 28 days from SummerSlam 2013 to Night of Champions. Um, 160 days when he held it as the authority champion against Daniel Bryan. What a reign that was. And that's literally... All of his reigns and the one against McIntyre 20 days like the, this guy is the epitome of transitional champion and one thing I want to add on that you talked about when Randy Orton got suspended and then he came back and within like two months was WWE champion imagine if Sean Stasiak had done what Randy Orton had done imagine if all like anyone from the Renee Dupree to anyone these random guys imagine if they did what Randy Orton did they'd be future endeavored gone but because you know, Randy's an Orton, keep him around. Give him the WWE title, damn it, pal. Like, weak. Yeah, because he has decent matches, you know, and, and people people love the RKO on the internet. We're going to keep him around. We're going to pay him all this money. We're going to make him more important than he is. And, yeah, we're going to talk about the Randy Orton theory. That's that's a big that's a big thing. So, 08, he yeah. has this feud with Shawn Michaels, which was – I feel bad for Shawn Michaels. It, it, like, he brought Shawn Michaels down. It, it, there's nothing memorable about it. And then he had this feud with Jeff Hardy, which the only thing I remember is Jeff Hardy jumping off the Raw stage. 
and then Randy Orton burying him at the Royal Rumble. Like, well, what sense does that make? Or Jeff Hardy nearly kills himself. At least give him the belt, you know? Like, have him win the belt yeah. and then let Randy Orton beat him again so Orton can have his 15th reign. Or yeah, something, you basically. Know? Like, something. Throw him a bone here. Like, that, that 08 Royal Rumble match, whatever. Uh, WrestleMania 24, I was there live for this. The Like, you're talking about John Cena versus Triple H, Randy Orton. This is star power. You got Cena... You got Cena and Triple H, who just had a classic at WrestleMania 22, two years prior. You got Orton, and this was, like, probably the least talked about match on the entire card. Because you had Floyd Mayweather yeah. and Big Show. Probably. You had Undertaker Edge close the show. You had Batista and Umaga, which was awesome. Money in the Bank. Yeah. The same Punk one. Great match. You had yeah. all these matches. And then this triple threat match featuring the three biggest stars outside of Edge of the Ruthless Aggression Era and Batista. This big match, Cena, Orton, Triple H, never gets talked about. Like, you go on wrestling Twitter, and usually this wrestling Twitter is the home of people going, oh, this match is so underrated. It deserves to be talked about more. Never once in over a year have I seen this match mentioned. It just, no one talks about it, and I wonder why that is. No, I mean, I'll tell you why. Like, I'll tell you why, exactly. I'll paint a picture. So you guys know that this is not a gimmick. I was 12 years old in the audience watching this match. I, I was cheering for Cena and Triple H. I basically didn't care who won the match as long as Orton didn't win. And then I remember when Orton won, it was like you could hear a pin drop. Everybody was just like, oh, okay. Like, like Randy Orton just beat Cena and Triple H? Like, really? Like, like Randy Orton, like, nobody took Randy Orton that serious in 2008. They had to beat Cena and Triple H for no reason. It did nothing for anybody. I remember he, he punt-kicked Triple H, and people were like, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Like, when it, like we're going to go get some popcorn. Like, it was just... You have it's a popcorn match. That's a WWE title match. Well, yeah. that's the thing. That's the thing with Randy Orton. It's like that. Like when I've been growing up watching Randy Orton from 2011 through 2020, like the, the main way I describe Orton, like if you like asked me, like what, what are your honest thoughts on him, I'd probably just say meh. Like he, he's there. He gets a high profile spot every now and then, and then in 2020 he's done a really good job. But for the most part, it's just there. It's like, oh, Randy Orton's in a world title match at a pay-per-view. Eh, okay. Is what it is. You know, like, I think you're the same, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, meh. Meh is just meh. the word. Like, I like, I think, I see Randy Orton, I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool, whatever, you know. Um, yeah, so like Randy Orton, but going back to the matches, like, it, it, he just has a consistent level of okay to good. And he, he touches on the great whenever he's against someone who is, like, on his level. But really, it's just this, oh, yeah, you know, so that being said... I don't think there's any really thing else to talk about in 2008. So we can move on to the greatness of 09 when he punt kicks Stephanie and all that kind of stuff. Kevin, what did you think of Randy Orton's 09? Yeah, like he gets he gets hurt in this like this match with Triple H where he, they're feuding for the title for like the hundredth time. He gets hurt. He comes back and he's I got we gotta talk about legacy. He gets thrown with Cody Rose and Ted DiBiase. <laughs> is there a worse faction? Like like in all seriousness, is there a worse faction than this? I know I throw out this is the worst a lot, but. Is there a worse faction than the Le- than Legacy? Um, I mean, look, here's the thing. I think it's not as far as like what they did. It's not the worst by any means. But as far as how much they were pushed and like in totality, what they did for the position, like for example, for a, a team like Mrs. Entourage or the B Team, that's by far a worse like faction or team. But they weren't pushed in the main event for a year and a half, you know. Like, right, like that, that's what I mean. Was... Like a higher profile yeah. faction, like like the legacy, WWE was treating the legacy like they were Evolution or the Shield or something, and it was like Ted DiBiase was just a charisma vacuum, young Cody Rhodes in a diaper, 
and then Randy yeah. Orton with his boner and, and his snake hair. His, oh, not a snake, his penis head. Like, his bald well, but, penis yeah, head. Randy Orton was, like, you know, ultra bald when it was, like, you know, totally bald Randy Orton. And he's walking out there, lathered up in oil, going, oh, Triple H, I kicked your wife in the head. Like, that's Randy Orton, you know? That, that is 09 Randy Orton. One of the, the, the peak years of his career. WrestleMania main event, Triple H feud. You know, kicking Stephanie McMahon. Did he RKO Vince? I think he might have. The Cena feud. He, he RKO Shane, I know that. He RKO Shane. Yeah. He handcuffed Triple H to the ring and kissed Stephanie McMahon on the lips in front of Triple H. And I remember I was yeah. watching that. I was like, damn. I, like, this was when... I'll give Orton a little credit. I was like, okay, he. this was like his apex of being a heel. Where yeah, because that's like... I, sorry to cut you off. That's like a cool pro wrestling thing. Yes. Like you, you, you handcuff Triple H and like kiss his wife and like that, that, that's like cool pro wrestling. Um, I'm granted that'd probably trigger a lot of SJWs nowadays, but the premise of that is a, like a like a captivating, compelling angle. And Orton was doing that in 2009. Like, yeah, absolutely. I wanted to see him get his ass kicked at that point. From like 09 to 10, I wanted to see him get his ass kicked. Partly because he was such a bad heel, and partly because I just didn't like him. And I wanted to see Triple H and Batista and all these guys beat his ass. Like and then like the WrestleMania twenty five, the like it, one of the worst WrestleMania main events. It's up there with Cena, Miz, Bam Bam Bigelow, Lawrence Taylor, Triple H, and Randy Orton. They have to follow this once in a lifetime lightning in a bottle match that Undertaker and and um, Shawn Michaels had. So they already had that yeah. going against them. And then on top of that, you have Randy Orton who just kissed Stephanie McMahon in front of Triple H while Triple H is handcuffed. And then they have this stupid set of rules where Triple H can't use weapons, but Randy Orton can use weapons. And if Triple H uses weapons or gets counted out, he loses the belt. And it was like, yeah. like it was impossible for them to succeed. And that's kind of like Randy Orton. Randy Orton is given these spots going into WrestleMania. He had the Yes movement. He was supposed to be the big time heel that Daniel Bryan was overcoming in the Yes movement, and it fell flat. Same thing in twenty five. It just fell flat. That like. Yeah. Like, when you look at what makes a great wrestler, what makes, like, what separates the guys like Stone Cold, John Cena, Hulk Hogan from the Randy Ortons, the Edges, the CM Punks, it's the legendary moments, the the things that you remember at WrestleMania or Royal Rumble or whatever. You know, like Austin, he, he, everybody remembers when Austin, when Austin shook hands with Vince, whether they hated it, they loved it or not. That's one of the most iconic moments of WrestleMania history or the, the sharpshooter with Brett. What moment at WrestleMania has Randy Orton had like that? The RKO with Seth Rollins? Like, I guess. That, um, when he tried to Batista bomb RKO and Daniel Bryan at Mania 30 and Orton's back landed on the edge of a Monda and Orton was like bleeding. I remember that. Yeah, that, that was but, that, but, um, but what you remember from that Mania though is Taker's streak and Daniel Bryan yeah. holding both belts, celebrating. Yeah, and then, I mean, Mania 30, I remember literally everything, like, it's, you have the opening segment, which is incredible, Cesaro winning the Battle Royal, like, all this stuff. Like, the video packages for Daniel Bryan, Triple H, Cena, Wyatt, and then Orton is the world champion, the face of the brand heading into that show, and you don't remember him. He's just an afterthought. Exactly. Like, you remember Heel Batista, you remember Babyface Daniel Bryan. Orton is just yeah. there for zero reason, just to take the pin. But no, just to, so just to cut back to 2009 for a second, I want your thoughts on this. So I think I, you probably know exactly what I'll talk about here. But when was it Triple H invaded Orton's house? Yes. Like, what were your yes. thoughts on that? Like, did you like that? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. It was bad acting. You got you got this you got this woman that they that they hired that Randy Orton buried on a podcast it was like a horrible fake wife. 
it just looks so it it looked like a it looked like one of those two dollar movies you see up you would see at Blockbuster back in the day. Oh, one was, of the movies Miz is in. Yeah, one of the Miz right? Yeah, that was exactly. It yeah. was like one of those like horror movies. Triple H is trying to look like a badass, and then Randy Orton is like, "Oh my god, Triple H is here!" <laughs> and then Triple H throws Orton through the through the window of his house <laughs> through this fake window, and then they the w- cops WWE are... WWE Home Video presents See No Evil Three, starring Randy Orton. <laughs> The cops arrest Triple H, and I'm watching this like, what the hell am I watching right now? You know, how old were you when you like when that happened? Just I, I was 13. <laughs> I was 13. I'm like, what in the hell? You you would think a normal like a normal kid would be like, oh yeah 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 no they they're arresting beat Triple H. Yeah, that's awesome. He beat up his house. He broke his house. Hey, but you're just thinking like, what? Yeah, I'm like, what? Like, I'd rather watch SmackDown, you know? So, so then, yeah, like, oh my god, no, Triple H got arrested. Like, no, nobody was thinking that. Like, that moment, that's another one that WWE buries and never talks about. Here, there's a theme here. A lot of Randy Orton's great moments don't get talked about. Or quote-unquote I mean, like, great you moments. Went, you look when Austin invaded someone's home. It was the Brian Pillman thing, oh which we all god. remember. Legendary. And it was this, like, OMG moment we all remember. This one... Yeah, because the dude was... pulled out a freaking gun. For real. I know, I know. He pulled out a real <laughs> gun on TV, like... Then you have this crap where Randy Orton's going through a fake window, like that's what he's doing. He's doing like this, this like uh, he's doing like a like um I can't even think of the phrase. He's doing like a roll, like a roll, like a fireman's roll or something at, at oh, outside. Yeah. And yeah, you, oh god. But we gotta talk about this too. We gotta keep going in this 2010. I, I, we gotta speed this up. Oh, sorry, so I, I'm really quick. I just want to say just with Mania 25, just to get this out of the way, then we can move on. Mania 25. I want to say. I, obviously, I would have, and anyone would have had Undertaker Shawn Michaels main event. That everything about that was perfect. That should have main evented. But if you're going to have that match, you know, go on eighth or whatever, and Orton versus Triple H like close, Orton versus Triple H needs to be like JBL and Eddie from what Judgment Day 04. Yes, it needs to be a, a bloody just a war, a match that yeah, it's not a t- in-ring classic like Michaels and Taker, but it's a match that people are going to remember. And it's going to justify being a main event because, as you say, that whole build was Triple H being so, you know, hating on so much. He invaded his house as bad as it was. The thing with Shane, Vince, Steph, like everything. Like that match should have been some 20 minute blood filled war. I get it was the PG era and they were trying to go away from that, but that's what it needed to be. Instead, it was, oh, let's have a random singles match and act as if our characters had no interaction and just it's a random match in the main event of Mania. Which is awful. So, yeah, that's me. That's per- me. Well said. I can't add anything to it. We're gonna be yeah. here forever, so I'm gonna speed up. So, yeah, tw- WrestleMania 26, Randy Orton versus Cody Rose and Ted DiBiase. They did this match at WrestleMania, but we couldn't get the Shield Triple Threat at WrestleMania. And, and the legacy. What did the legacy do for Cody Rose and Ted DiBiase? Cody Rose got featured nothing. endeavored did like nothing. six years later. Ted DiBiase got featured endeavored like a year and a half later. An all-time great. Yeah faction like like quote-unquote legacy is like some people will tell you on wrestling twitter that legacy is a great faction it's supposed yeah. to make superstars nobody cared about randy orton after i'm pretty sure orton got somewhere in between here he got popped for drugs uh, we got to fast yeah. forward again um yeah just okay perhaps one thing i think we can do almost safely unless there's really anything you want to mention from orton through about from here through about the yes movement I, yeah i really yeah, don't i want to i want to say one thing uh yeah. i already ranted about the miz feud we're gonna skip that he did have yep. a couple good matches for Christian. They, like, really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, some random, three really random good matches with Christian. But this was, like, to, to describe it, this was this was Randy Orton from 2010 to 2013. Or yeah. early 2013. Randy Orton versus Del Rio on SmackDown in a PG street fight. 
Or Randy yep. Orton versus Sheamus for no reason on Raw that gets shit on Randy by the, versus, the Mania crowd. Randy Orton versus Wade Barrett in like a three-month storyline on SmackDown that no one remembers. Orton versus Kane in a Embrace the Hate, Kane Cena just like rehash in 2012. Like that was Orton. Yeah, it was versus Big Show. Like just like, yeah. big, like he did nothing on pay-per-view aside from the Christian yeah. matches. Um, he did have like the Shields debut match, I think it was, with, with Team Hell No. No, 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 no. It, but that was Ryback. So Orton, Orton had a bunch of Shield matches against the Shield, but they were just like on random SmackDown. Oh, they were with so. like uh, Del Rio and Sheamus or something, right? Or like Sheamus yeah. and, and and Big Show. Yeah. Yep. Dude did nothing. So basically, from 26, they failed Legacy. He gets popped for drugs again somewhere in there. He's doing nothing yeah. at 27. He had a match with with uh, with Punk that was okay. 28. Yeah. He did nothing at 28. I don't even know if he was even on the show for 28. Uh, yeah 29 nothing a random six-man tag or whatever and yeah then, he opened the show teaming with sheamus and big show against the shield like nothing you remember and then and then yeah. some, somehow wwe looked at this and was like oh my god the 2010 to 2013 that randy orton had let's make him the face of wwe let, let, let's give him the belt he gets like SummerSlam 2013 we talked about it a lot already on a daniel bryan episode daniel bryan yeah. beats john cena clean the biggest waste of, of a John Cena match, like you have John Cena lose clean to give the belt to Randy Orton. I, I could yell about this again, but I, um, yeah, just yeah. oh god, I'm gonna uh, you take over. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll let I'll let Kevin uh calm down, take a chill pill for a second. But yeah, now nah, the um the whole thing with Randy Orton, you look at him from 2010 through 2014. The Christian stuff was good. But we've got to remember those matches, which took place at what Capital Punishment 2011 over the limit 2011 or so some of the worst pay-per-view names ever and then money in the bank all those matches outside of the money in the bank one grandior and christian these great matches they're not main eventing the show instead we're seeing miz versus r-truth versus cena main event the pay-per-view we're seeing miz versus cena main event so even when randy orton's doing great stuff in this 2010 through 2013 stretch it's just you know it's an afterthought it's lower in the show it's somewhere on smackdown like, personally speaking, I remember that Wade Barrett versus Randy Orton last man standing match with SmackDown. I believe it was the first SmackDown of 2012. That I remember. That was pretty cool. Like, they tried to rehash the whole Randy Orton throwing him down the stairs type thing they did with Foley. They tried to rehash that. So you had Randy Orton push Wade Barrett down the stairs. And I was like, oh my god, how edgy. And it was just like, bruh, we've seen this already. So, yeah, that was, that was literally all I can think of from Orton from 2010 through legit WrestleMania 30. Because yeah. outside of that, the dude was just in a bunch of, like, nothing. Yeah, he's so. give, he's given the title for no freaking reason. He won the Money in the Bank, like, a very underwhelming Money in the Bank win in 2013. Yeah. And, that um, match, also, really quickly, that that was Money in the Bank All-Stars. I don't know if you remember this. I remember it vividly. That was the the return of Rob Van Dam, which is something that was really damn cool. You had CM Punk, Brian, when he was, like, getting the Yes Movement going. I remember, like, Sheamus was involved, Orton, like... It's a big, like, star-studded field, at least compared to, like, the money banks nowadays. And then Orton just wins it. And then, I mean, is what it is. Randy Orton wins money in the bank. He's just doing his thing. As you say, he had pretty much no build-up before this. It just Randy Orton gets given money in the bank. And then we have Randy Orton cash in at SummerSlam. And so they do the stuff at SummerSlam with Daniel Bryan. And then as we talked about in the Daniel Bryan video and, like, the Yes Movement and all that, we have Randy Orton. It's made very clear to us by WWI that Randy Orton simply can't beat a five foot seven doughy midget. So for three straight pay-per-views, Randy Orton literally loses to Daniel Bryan. He loses at Night of Champions. He, there's a no contest at Battleground. 
at Hell in a Cell, we had this whole thing where like Shawn Michaels is the referee and Shawn screws Brian when Brian was seconds away from beating Randy Orton. So this whole Randy Orton run, he can't beat Daniel Bryan. Then you get to 2014, and I remember the Raw in Chicago, we had Daniel Bryan pin Randy Orton clean. And then at the Elimination Chamber, Randy Orton clearly couldn't beat Bryan, so Kane had to cost Daniel Bryan. And that's the whole thing. Randy Orton, when he was given the WWE title to main event WrestleMania in 20, like 2014, he just couldn't do it. He couldn't get the job done. Randy Orton, this guy, all the talent in the world, one of the most gifted, like, natural wrestlers. He didn't even really have to try for most of his career, and he was still in the main event most years. But nonetheless, this whole run... Kevin, I'll get your thoughts in a minute just about WrestleMania 30. We'll talk about that quickly and then move on, but... Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, I mean, we got to talk about WrestleMania 30. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. WrestleMania 30. You talk about this guy. They, he failed as the main event once in yep. 25, and they were like, oh, let's do it again. We're going to have the hottest angle... We're going to bring Batista back. Well, that was really the failure. We're going to bring Batista back as his baby face. Everybody loves Batista in twenty in 2014, apparently. Everybody loves this guy. And his, yeah. his heel that he's going to destroy is Randy Orton. You could not get any more <laughs> underwhelming than that. Come on. Yeah. Like, like, come on, bro. You got Daniel Bryan, who's the hottest baby face in the company the, like over the last, like, since Cena, honestly. He's the hottest baby face that they've had. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, we're not – screw that guy. We're going to have Batista come back. Everybody's going to love him because we say he's going to love him. And he's going to beat Randy yeah. Orton because Randy Orton is this hatred heel that people tune into Monday Night Raw and they're like, oh, I can't wait to see Orton get his ass kicked. No. The problem – and part of the problem was, too, was that people tuned in to see Triple H get his ass kicked. And Triple H was overshadowing Orton. But I get at the same time why they couldn't have Orton because they tried so many freaking things with him and the guy just could not get over and stay over as, as the top guy. It just never worked. Yeah, legit, like, one of the things they made abundantly clear, as I just talked about, is that, like, I still can't get over this. So they were trying to make it seem like Randy Orton's this big top heel who we're supposed to think it just can't be beaten. But at the same time, Daniel Bryan was made abundantly clear for months and months and months that this five foot seven doughy midget is significantly better than Randy Orton. Orton can't beat Daniel Bryan at all clean. Orton needs all these, like, this BS to beat Daniel Bryan. But we're supposed to believe that Orton versus Batista is a compelling main event. Like, the, the whole thing was so backwards. It really was. Dave Batista, based on that logic that Randy Orton can't beat a five foot seven midget, based on that logic, Batista would have murdered Randy Orton. So where's, where's the um, compellingness in the main event, you know? No cohesion, like, no compellingness. Yeah, we, we, did, uh, we did WrestleMania 30. Yeah, we, we, we talked now. about we that in long form. Um, yeah. after Orton loses the belt like he does nothing of any kind of remembrance I think he had a... he's, just, he's in the authority he's he's running he's running around standing behind Stephanie and Triple H as they do the 20 minute authority promos open every show Seth Rollins joins the authority Orton's just like there and then I, we, I guess we go to 2015 now I guess yeah he's he's feuding with with Rollins ah the future and then Rollins like and then Orton's like I'm gonna get my hands on you this baby face oh. Orton crap the, the build-up sucked. It was like, oh, we got nothing else better to do with Rollins. We got nothing else better to do with Orton. Let's have them feud because, you know, everybody, like, there's so much tension there. We all want to see Triple H's lackeys, Orton and Seth Rollins, beat each other up because they had this tension, they had this tension-filled feud in 2014 where they were doing so, like, they were doing so many entertaining, entertaining segments where, like, Orton and Rollins would argue over Triple H's affection. You know, all the stuff that, that never happened. Now, imagine if they did, like, some entertainment with those two guys. Two guys. It could have been something. Yeah. 
But instead, it was well, just remember, Rollins. I'm the future. I'm the future. <laughs> remember, I remember the build, the build to wrestle. I remember this one segment. So cool. you, you'll probably remember this. This was like, oh, was it like the beginning of March 2015? They were on the build to WrestleMania 31. The everything's amping up. They do this. They do to close the show. I don't remember what match it was, but I remember vividly the image. Randy Orton is standing on the steel steps, like the apron. And he's like doing like a double bird to Rollins. He's like flipping off. And then that was like this OMG, Stone Cold Randy Orton. Oh my God, Randy Orton has flipped off Rollins. Even though he wasn't really flipping off, him off, he just had his two middle fingers up. And then this was like the hardcore, oh my God. And they were trying to like ex- like censor it out. And this was like Randy Orton, them trying to do pe- like risque stuff with babyface Orton. And it was just like, is this it? Randy Orton standing on the apron just with no expression on his face doing a double bird, like seriously? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, fast forward now. Yeah. Uh, he does nothing really after this. He fights Rollins for the title after Rollins beat Roman and Brock. Like, R- yeah. Rollins beats Roman Reigns and Brock, and they're like, oh, we're going to have him face Orton. That classic formula. We, we crown this new baby face, and, and then Orton, or this new baby face or heel champion, and we'll just feed him to Orton. They've done it with Jinder. They did it with Kofi. They did it with Drew McIntyre. Like, we'll just feed him to Orton because people care about Randy Orton. But that's yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do a whole we're gonna do a whole video about Seth Rollins either next week or the week after one of the two. We're gonna go in depth about that title reign Rollins had, but oh my god, that reign! People look back on it as though it was like some godly reign. It was being vastly overshadowed by what Cena was doing with the US title. It was just this afterthought reign. It was Randy Orton and Seth Rollins, and they had that match where Kane was like the gatekeeper of the cage at Extreme Rules. Remember that? And you had Kane standing there in a suit. And then, predictably, the ending is just Kane jumps in the cage, beats up Orton, and then Rollins wins. But yeah, we'll talk about Rollins' run like, you know, in a whole de- separate video. Randy Orton, the rest of 2015. What did he even do? I don't even remember, Kevin. Um, I remember he had like he had a bit of a feud with Sheamus. And then um, they started, like, he was, he was like babyface Orton again, getting attacked by the Wyatt family. And then, uh, yeah. then he got hurt. He got yeah. hurt in like late 2015, and then he came back, and he had just the underwhelming main event match with with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Like that was his big return. It was then like I remember he yeah. came back. He was doing these witty one-liners, and I was like, oh, maybe this guy finally learned mic skills. He cut two good <laughs> promos, and then he hasn't cut a good promo since for the next four years up until 2020. So, so yeah, he has well, then, this match then with. To, then you get to sorry, turn cut off. Then you get to the land of opportunity on SmackDown, which is literally. It was literally hold, Cena. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta yeah. talk. I gotta talk about this match with Brock at SummerSlam. Before All right, go on. So this yeah. match, this match, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, WWE's building it like it's the greatest main event in the history of main events. Like, oh my God, Brock Lesnar's facing this icon, Randy Orton. And in my mind, in everybody else's minds, we all know that the match, the match he had prior with uh, with with Punk was gonna be better. The SummerSlam match he had with Cena was going to be better. This was going to be boring. So they knew that. They tried to make it entertaining. They had Brock Lesnar shoot elbow Randy Orton. And, and blo- he got bloodied. He was, you know, he had color and all this. And nobody cared. Yep. It was supposed to be this big moment where it's like the PG era. Nobody bleeds. Brock Lesnar's this big badass. And legitimately nobody yeah, this cared. Big, this big shoot angle. Where I remember they had Shane McMahon, like 400 referees out there, like, trying to like wave off Brock Lesnar. And be like, oh, leave Randy alone. Leave Randy. Like Randy's just, just like a pool of his own bloods there. And I remember after the show, Chris Jericho did some like work shoot call out of Lesnar. He's like, oh, you think you can, you know, think you such a tough guy? How about you fight me for real? And uh, that whole thing was just, <laughs> yeah, no, nobody cared. Like the 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 highlight, the only thing that people cared about was the fact that Jericho called out Brock. 
that, that yeah. you know they Vince and Shane and Orton they all worked the they all worked the boys in the back as they say the, all the wrestlers thought it, that that Brock was shooting on Orton it, they tried nobody cared it was like a, a waste of this big bloody moment in the PG era it was supposed to be like what it was supposed to be would have been something if it had been John Cena and Brock had busted open John Cena people would have cared they tried yep. to do the same thing with Roman Reigns not even gonna get into that. So then they, they yeah. have uh, Randy Orton. It's like Randy Orton gets drafted to SmackDown. And it's yeah. like him and John Cena are supposed to be the OGs carrying the SmackDown brand, Maggle. And oh, the, land of, the land of opportunity, Maggle. This is where all the all the indie wrestlers go to, to lose to Randy Orton and John Cena, Maggle. So but they do Cena Orton on SmackDown with Styles, Ambrose, Ziggler, Miz, like all these wrestlers. And then they do this whole storyline where Randy Orton joins the Wyatt family. And the, the whole payoff to this, like, I'll get your thoughts on it in a moment. The whole yeah. payoff is a WrestleMania match, the WWE title, where Orton faces Bray Wyatt and maggots are being projected onto the ring. And then they do a House of Horrors match, which was one of the worst final deletion ripoffs I've ever seen. So give us your thoughts on that, Kevin. What do you think of Randy Orton and the Wyatt family? Uh, I guess I'll go in on WrestleMania 33 as a whole. The, like, you were there. So uh, arguably the most butchered WrestleMania of all time. You had all these storylines being built up. You had John Cena and AJ Styles being built up for this big rematch. They blow it off at the Royal Rumble. You have Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt. Uh, okay, Randy Orton burns down Sister Abigail's house. That was cool. I'll give the devil his due. Um, he tried to have some character by joining the Wyatt family. It was a little bit. Inter- it was kind of interesting. Is he going to turn on Bray Wyatt? Is he not? And that they sacrifice. Instead, we get John Cena and his wife against the Miz and his wife at WrestleMania in a mixed tag. We get AJ Styles and Shane McMahon at WrestleMania, where it should have been John Cena versus AJ for the WWE title. They sacrifice having John Cena's big 16th championship win happening at WrestleMania. They do it at the Rumble. They have Goldberg bury Owens after Owens and Jericho had this big feud. They didn't blow that off. Instead, they sacrifice Cena and AJ, and we get Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt and some maggots. Like that That's legitimately what we got. The WWE didn't learn again. Uh, what? 2014, nobody cared about him in the WWE title picture. 2009, nobody cared in the main event. They do it again. They have him and Bray Wyatt so underwhelming. Like, I was there, super under- Like, yeah. I was a popcorn match. I went to get some snacks. I was just like, I can't do this, bro. Like, I just, I don't care. Nobody cared. It was terrible. The presentation, the maggots, the bugs. Like, what is this? Yeah, it's... It was so, I'm like, this is the WWE title. Yes. Like, this is, this is, like, the, the belt. And that's what you were doing. Like, this is something you'd see, I don't know, on some throwaway, dead, boring Raw in the middle of September. If WWE feels like experimenting with their projections or capital on the punishment re- okay. or something. It's like, okay, try that. But this is the WrestleMania WWE title match. And like, pff, bruh. But also, you, you mentioned 33 being the most butchered mania. I could argue 34 the year after was just as butchered, if not worse. But that's a whole different argument in of itself. Very true. I think Orton in general, this whole Wyatt family thing, this is when they should have made Luke Harper the WWE champion. Like, oh, wait, hold Luke on, Harper I got some more to say about this. I don't mean to cut you yeah. off, but you yeah. had uh, another. You had Bray Wyatt, another clean John Cena victory, washed down the toilet. Bray Wyatt beat Cena for the WWE Championship at Elimination Chamber, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, they're gonna fix Bray Wyatt. They're gonna fix him finally, finally." Instead, they have Randy Orton beat him at WrestleMania, and they turn Randy Orton babyface immediately after, and have Jinder Mahal beat him for the title. So like, so counterproductive. Like so what? counterproductive. John Cena, they John Cena lost clean to Bray Wyatt for this, really? Well, what an absolute joke! And then you get to the House of Horrors match, 
I, I want your thoughts on this because I remember watching this thinking this is the worst final deletion ripoff I've ever seen. Oh this my is just. God. It was like, well, first off, they did that whole thing a year prior where, like, two weeks after the final deletion, you had the New Day go to the Wyatt's compound to try and rip it off. But they, then they, forget that. Then they do the House of Horrors match. Randy Orton, he's getting out of a limo. He's, like, looking all, he's looking all surprised. I'm not going to do a full House of Horrors review or anything, but they do this whole match. Orton and Wyatt are punching each other in some abandoned house. And then somehow, within 30 minutes, they're back at the arena having, uh, like, punching each other. And I'm just like, what, what, what am I watching? Like, what do you think of that? I, I I couldn't even I can't even remember anything like I couldn't even pretend to care, you know. Yeah. I don't remember I don't remember <laughs> anything about it. I don't. What That's I what the... I do remember though, is his feud with Jinder Mahal, it, the, yeah. the, the the Punjabi prison match. Like, oh no! Oh no! You bring you bring back Great Khali, <laughs> like Jinder Mahal oh. is is getting whipped. Randy Orton is whipping him with like a piece of like bamboo or whatever the fuck it is. Oh my! And it's God. like like what is this? You have a baby face Randy Orton. You have a heel Jinder Mahal. If people say Jinder Mahal's title reign was good. I don't understand that one. It's oh, uh, it's this thirty minute Punjabi prison. It just it just wouldn't end. It was the same thing with their match, I believe. Oh, was it Money in the Bank? Whichever pay-per-view they had the match before, I think it was Money in the Bank. They did Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton. It was a 20-minute match. I think you had Bob Orton and all these legends at ringside. And you had Jinder Mahal punching Randy Orton in front of, like, Bob. I'm like, is this a storyline that anyone is genuinely getting invested in? Like, Jinder Mahal, <laughs> a guy who's been a jobber for life, 3MB, coming out there playing air guitar for three years. This guy gets, like, future endeavor. He comes back. Now, all of a sudden, this guy's beating up Randy Orton in front of Cowboy Bob, Sergeant Slaughter, and Harley Race or something. <laughs> and we're supposed to be like, oh, my God. And then, so you do that money in the bank, or wh wherever it was, I don't even care. Then you get round to bloody the Punjabi prison, which the only positive of that match was it gave us one of the best reviews in IWC history from JD from NY, a 30-minute long screaming rant about the great Carly. <laughs> that was great. But the match itself with Orton, oh, my God. The, the, Orton versus Mahal... That match, you'd have to pay me three figures minimum to even think about watching that match. Like, that match is a joke. And then they do the match. It's 25 minutes long. Carly comes out there, and nothing comes of that after. It was just Carly costing Orton, and that was it. You know? Like, yeah, like, like the, the highlight of this was Orton throwing the Singh brothers on their neck on the, on the announce table. Like, that, that was literally the <laughs> highlight of this entire feud. Oh. But this is another era of Randy Orton. This 2017, it was like... Okay, Jinder Mahal is the secondary champion. Nobody cares. Some people, some people on Instagram know who Randy Orton is, so we'll put Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal together. We'll see if they care. And they did the same thing with Kofi. It was like, oh, he's the secondary champion. We'll put him with Orton and see if people care. And it was like, just like clearly they didn't care at all. It was like Jinder Mahal and Orton. Nobody's ever gonna talk about this. I remember Jinder Mahal legitimately cut the same promo for at least two and a half months. He would come out. I am the Madaraja. I am doing this for my people in India my Punjabis and he would say the, literally the same thing and then Randy Orton is like I don't care about you Jinder I am going to teach you some respect and he was like like, yeah. like he was just this massive heel that destroyed Sister Abigail killed Sister Abigail made Bray Wyatt cry and now he's this baby face that's like I hate you Jinder <laughs> <laughs> and then after the, after he loses for the like the third and final time to Jinder Mahal Yes, the, Randy Orton's better than Stone Cold, but yeah, he lost to Jinder Mahal on three straight pay-per-views. That that would be like if Stone Cold lost to Val Venus on three straight pay-per-views or something, you know? Legit, legit, yeah. <laughs> so, he's... 
like th- this brought him down. His stock is at an all time low. He's in a he's in United States Championship picture with Bobby. He's, Roode. Yeah, he's having matches for the U.S. title at WrestleMania with what Bobby Roode and Rusev and Jinder and Rusev. It was Rusev and Jinder. Yeah, it's just this random, just throwaway U.S. title match. Which I mean, Mania thirty four. We can probably do a whole video on that, like an elite heat on that in like a month or two for Mania season. That that Mania, it was a disaster, but. Nonetheless, Orton is he's this undercard wrestler. He's having like matches with like Shinsuke Nakamura and Jeff Hardy. The Jeff Hardy Randy Orton feud in twenty eighteen was good. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, it was decent, yeah. Yeah, it was like I mean well to be fair, the only thing I really remember from that was that whole spot at Hell in a Cell where like Orton got the pliers or whatever and was like ripping out Hardy's yeah, ear. He like put that the was... screwdriver in in his uh... Yeah, that. In his what do you call so it? So like that, that that's decent. Thing. And then really the whole point with Randy Orton following the Jinder Mahal stuff, it's just forgettable, forgettable. Orton and Styles was a good match at WrestleMania 35, but Mania 35 just something about that show, Kevin. I, I don't even know. Like it was WWE giving us what we want, pushing all these like you know IWC favorite wrestlers, and it's just I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, it was the classic case of we have nothing to do with AJ. We have nothing for AJ Styles to do. Oh, here, here's Randy Orton. Some people, some people remember him from 2009. We'll throw him in there with AJ. Hopefully, it's a good match. And it was forgettable. Yeah. I, I, I had people, say? I had people trying yeah. to sell me to this match. They were like, "Oh, AJ Styles is gonna give Orton a five star match. Just you watch. AJ is gonna get the best out of Randy Orton." I was like, "No, Randy Orton." No, Randy Orton is not even close on AJ Styles' level as an in-ring performer. He's just he can't get to that that level, and it, it brought he brought AJ Styles down with his going through the motions and whatever, what have you. It just yeah. also it, also one thing I want to add in here: people who say, "Oh, Cena can't wrestle," or oh, you know, Randy Orton and Cena aren't like literally the same. Look at what Cena and Styles did, and look at what Orton and Styles did. Cena and Styles are one of the greatest like rivalries of the modern era as far as matches and. All that kind of stuff. SummerSlam 2016, the Rumble 20s, all those great matches. And yet, when AJ Styles wrestles, Randy Orton is not even a shell of that. No, no one's looking back going, oh my God, that match at WrestleMania 35, Styles Orton. Oh, oh my God, Kevin. But before oh, this, I'm sorry. underrated. Like, but before this though, before this, I just remember, you remember the feud that he had that happened like right before WrestleMania 35 in late 2018 where he stole Rey Mysterio's mask? Oh God, yeah, I do, I uh, do. Yes, but yeah, like, like you said, this match with AJ and Orton, it's like what? Like this is supposed to be a five star classic. Like what? What has Orton done? What, what track record has he done? Like I don't know. He has yeah. no track record built up. Whatever. So then, so then we'll fast forward to the Kofi Kingston stuff. So the, yes. we, we get Randy Orton. He does nothing for the rest of 2019, and then we get to SummerSlam, and he's doing this feud with Kofi Kingston, where the whole storyline is. 10 years ago you put me through a table at madison square garden stupid stupid that's literally every promo for a well, month uh, here, so they were here was the thing too was yeah. when uh was when randy orton shoot beat up kofi kingston in the ring like he was like kofi missed a spot or something in like 2008 whatever it was 09 and that and kofi and randy orton got kofi kingston buried legitimately got him buried kofi was supposed to have a wwe title push and orton was like no i'm not working with that fucking guy and wwe sided with him like i remember orton just was just yelling stupid stupid on episode of raw he beat him up he rko'd him he like punched him in the face for real and then like that was the whole basis of this feud in 2019 was like oh 10 years ago i shot on you in the ring kofi and i called you stupid so now orton's just like oh you're stupid stupid like that was yeah. the backstage promos that was legit the build-up to the SummerSlam match with kofi 
This is Orton going stupid. It's just wow. What what amazing content. So Orton doesn't win the title, they do a, a bizarre finish at SummerSlam. Like I don't know if you remember this, but SummerSlam twenty nineteen, they do this like count out DQ. I don't know what it was. It was this mess of a finish. And then you clash of champions and Kofi just wins. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then Wait, um, I remember watching some I remember watching SummerSlam twenty nineteen. I'm like like at the time, I was genuinely looking forward to that match because the build compared to everything going on in twenty nineteen, like, you've got to remember this is the time period in 2019 where Seth Rollins has come off a three-month feud with Baron Corbin. We've got Lacey Evans feuding with Becky Lynch. We've got Brock Lesnar as Boombox Brock cashing in. <laughs> this isn't a good time period for WWE at all. So you've got this Randy Orton um, storyline. The, the whole stuff with the stupid, stupid... Was it great TV? No. I'd be lying if I said it was amazing. But compared to everything that was going on, it was at least somewhat interesting. So I was interested to see what they do at SummerSlam. And you roll around to SummerSlam... And what do we get? We get a 15-minute match, like a Randy Orton-style match where he's walking around slowly. He's stalking Kofi, as Michael Cole would say. And then the match just ends with a, a kendo stick BS schmoz ending. And I'm just like, what was that? You yeah. Know? And then the Clash of Champions match, Orton loses again, and it's like, okay, cool. And then I, I think, <sighs> so, I yeah, think I mean, that Crown Jewel or something, somewhere along the line here, he had a match with Triple H in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Where it was like the yeah, last time ever, Triple H and Orton or something, right? Yeah, that was, oh, it was Greatest Royal Rumble 28. I think that was the first Saudi show, I think. I okay. know, something like that. They yeah. did that match. It was it was fine. It's one of these Saudi showdown matches where it's like, okay, a bit of nostalgia, but then you watch the match and you think, okay, these guys are like 10 years past their prime, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. Now we could get to some good. So he gets drafted Yay. to Raw. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He gets drafted to Raw in the 2019 draft. Um, at the Royal Rumble in 2020, Edge makes his triumphant return, and we have this like mini rated RKO reunion. And then the next night on Raw, Orton just in one of the hottest angles in recent memory. Like you're talking about 2018, 2019. This angle with Edge and Orton was a breath was a breath of fresh air. Oh, because, damn straight it was. Like, damn straight, bro. Like, we, like we're watching Dean Ambrose get injected by doctors. We're watching like like um, Nia Jax call Alexa Bliss a bully. We're watching oh, Orton just... going stupid, stupid, and then finally we get something good. Like Orton RKO's Edge hits him with the concerto, and it's like, oh my god, bro! <laughs> like Edge has a broken you, neck. Yeah. Like you can't do that, you know? You can't just hit. It. Like he's not ready for that, you know? It was the whole good. thing was, was the whole thing was brilliant. Like 2018, 2019, WWE was starved of anything that's even worth caring about. You mentioned it there. I talked about it just then. The product in like 2018, 2019, 2019 especially. One of the most forgettable years in wrestling history. Like, nothing, what happened in 2019? But that's a whole separate video. Then you get to 2020. Edge makes his Rumble return. The greatest return in wrestling history. Like, near enough, irrefutably. There's been a couple that have been incredible. But that Edge one, phenomenal. They do raid RKO, like a, a callback. Then the night after on Raw, Edge cuts his return promo. And they do this, like, 10-minute overrun. And Randy Orton is like, Edge, I'm so happy you're back. And then within two minutes, RKO, Concerto, just... Amazing TV. Orton murders Matt Hardy in back-to-back weeks, kills Beth Phoenix with an RKO. It was phenomenal, Kevin. Legitimately, I was watching this, and I was like, oh, thank God for Edge. Like, Edge finally brought out the good in Orton. We had we had literally <laughs> seen Orton go through the motions. No joke, Orton was going through the motions for, like, seven years prior to this. At least seven, eight yeah. years. 
not even lo- probably longer, 10 years from 2010, from 2010 to this moment on Monday Night Raw in 2020, Orton was going through the motions. Finally, he yeah. cared again. And we get this, uh, I- I'll say it's iconic. I- I'll give Orton his credit. We get an iconic feud in 2020 with him and Edge. And through all the pandemic, the COVID BS, they ended up having the hottest feud of the year. And I mean, rightfully so. You know, I, I got to give credit to where it's due. Yeah, just damn good stuff all rounds. They do the WrestleMania match in an empty arena, last man standing. There's this whole big deal that's being made by Brian Alvarez and these guys that there was some spot in the gym or something where there was like a hanging spot. I'm just oh, like, yeah. bruh. Yeah, because it, 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 like, it was like because uh, Chris Benoit, the way he ended his life or something, comparison like that. Uh, just complete, complete rage there. Yeah. And then they do the match. It's like 30, 38 minutes long. Meltzer gives it like one star. The commentary was like, there'd be no commentary for like six minutes and there would be, and the commentary would be somber. And it was just, it was a weird match. It wasn't It, it, it was. It, it, it was like. like, it was Edge and Orton, clearly, they were obviously trying to overcompensate because there was going to be no fans. So they were trying to give yeah. you a long... Because if that's if WrestleMania 36 had fans, I think Edge and Orton would have gone like 20 minutes. They would have had a really good match. They, they, they yeah. would have got a big pop when Edge hits a spear and pinned Orton 1-2-3. It would have been great. But then they were like, okay, we need to do something big because we've never like we've never done an empty arena show before. Like We don't know what to do. It was just WWE. They had no idea what to do at all. So they they were just like here, Edge and Orton, go ahead, beat you, beat uh, beat each other up. We'll make your match different. Beat each other up in the gym, in the parking lot, in the cafeteria. Do whatever you got to do yeah. to make it different. And it was what it was, you know. I, I wish Edge. I, I mean, I know Edge wishes he could have had a better return match, but they they did what they could. Yeah, and speaking of Edge and Orton, I guess next thing we talk about the greatest wrestling match ever, Kevin. Do you think it was the greatest wrestling match ever? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, Maggle. Greatest wrestling match I ever saw, Maggle. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah oh, you go, you go. The, the you gimmick, go. the greatest wrestling match ever. People, like, people on the internet especially were just freaking out. Like, this is not the greatest wrestling match ever. How dare WWE? Omega vs. Okada happened in Dominion. Damn it, it's not the greatest wrestling match ever. The psychology of the work rate of the conditioning. Damn it. Like, how, how dare WWE call this match the greatest match ever? And yeah, that kind of snake bit the match from the start. That you, nobody can live up to a match being called the greatest match ever. If if you yeah. called their precious Kenny Omega Okada the greatest match ever before it, it took place, nonetheless, like nonetheless. If, if you go, if yeah. the build up to the match was okay, okay, Okada, you and I are gonna have the greatest match ever. It wouldn't have lived up to it. So yeah, so they yeah. they had this match. It was good, you know. It was good. It was really good. Probably the best match Randy Orton's had in God knows how long. Yeah, uh, honestly, absolutely. like I can't even. I mean, tell I, you. I, I, you could argue that was his best match. That it's like a one-on-one since Backlash 04. Yeah, you argue. Uh, honestly, yeah. Okay. I mean, if you liked, um, if you liked his matches with Taker, you could go there. A lot of people like yeah. that that Last Man Standing match you had with John Cena, which oh the um the was the I Quit match or the one in Bragging Rights yeah. 09. Yeah, the I Quit yeah, one I quit. where he just he beat up Cena like with the kendo stick and just hit him in the chest until Cena was like about to cry. Yeah. And then I guess we'll, we'll round out our timeline for I'll ask a couple questions to close. Randy Orton, remainder of 2020, there's the feud with Drew McIntyre and the, the whole stuff with him being the legend killer again. Um, what do you think of that when Randy Orton's punting Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels and Christian? Like, what do you think of that? Uh, I mean, I've covered this on my Raw reviews at nauseum. Yeah. It was like the same old, it just nobody cared. It's like yeah. if, if Roman Reigns would have beat up Shawn Michaels and Christian, everybody would have cared. But because it's Randy Orton, they're like, eh, 
Like, that's really all I can yeah. say about it. It was just eh. Because literally, those raw reviews, I remember the amount of times I'd try and clickbait Randy Orton punting one of these legends and no one would click the video because people just don't care about Randy Orton in that capacity. So I guess they did that. The McIntyre feud, I've said this at nauseam on my channel, that feud was botched beyond belief. That, yes. What they should have done that makes complete sense, you do McIntyre wins at SummerSlam, Orton throws McIntyre in an ambulance to win the title at Clash of Champions, then they do the big blow off Hell in a Cell match, McIntyre wins the title back, that's the end of the feud. But instead, McIntyre beat him twice in a row. There's no reason for a third match. Orton wins the third match. And then they do a fourth match. McIntyre just wins it back, and then that's it. And it was so on they Raw. The, the payoff up. was on Raw. Yeah. The, the, just... big, the big payoff match where McIntyre wins back the belts on Monday Night Raw. In front of no people. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and the feud itself wasn't... It wasn't, or, it wasn't as bad as, like, Orton and Jinder or Orton and Kofi... It wasn't bad. It was just boring. Like it was just. It was like... just dragged out because both those guys are so similar. Yes. Literally same physique, same height, same style. Both methodical. Promos are fairly similar. It was just, you know, there's some good stuff. But it, as a feud, like I was asking for it for months. But as a feud, it was like oh, they just they kind of. Yeah, I, I, re I remember listening to your reviews, and you would be like, "Oh, I can't wait for Orton and McIntyre." I'm like. Yeah. Exactly. Eh, eh. You know, eh, you like, know. like, like, I, like, I just didn't see McIntyre as somebody that could get Orton to care, like Edge would. You know. Yeah, facts. And and facts. now, now, what he's doing present day is like, in my opinion, this might be the best work of his career. What he's doing right yeah. now with Alexa Bliss and and Bray Wyatt, what he's been doing since what, like, post Hell in a Cell in November. This stuff is just legit, been a, yeah, legit since like November. It's been it's been amazing. Good, yeah. It's been amazing. Like he's he came out in a lucha mask just like two weeks ago because Alexa Bliss burned his face with a fireball, and he's doing yeah. this like horror movie style promo with the lucha mask on. It's great stuff, man. That was damn good. Like the segment the past week, this past week on Raw, the the, the Royal Rumble go home show. It's oh, like yeah. this ten minute long segment. Like Orton, it, the way it was edited. If you haven't seen it, go and check it out. Like damn good stuff across the board. Mm -hmm. Randy Orton, he goes to show you what he's capable of. And really to kind of wrap this up, what we're saying here in this video is that Randy Orton, if for the whole of his 18-year career, he tried and really put the effort in that he clearly has in the past year, if he'd done that, this guy would be irrefutably top like Mount Rushmore of all time. But the fact of the matter is there's been, out of his 18-year career, probably upwards of 14, 15 years, where it seemed like he's either going through the motions or it's nothing memorable it's just the Randy Orton theory where he's getting a bunch of accolades, but none of them are like overly amazing or memorable. I think it's fair to say. Man, I, I'm hoping that I can make this thing a reality where people are talking about the Randy Orton theory. I'm trying to get people to understand that these accolades don't matter. These accolades don't make you great. I have a good point. I guess we can close on this point. If, yeah. if, if you look at Randy Orton and you compare Randy Orton to Roddy Piper, right? Roddy Piper came in, it was in the 80s, responsible for the first WrestleMania main event because he, he attacked Cyndi Lauper. The mighty babyface Hulk Hogan had to get revenge for Cyndi Lauper. And then he boxes uh, Mr. T. Randy Orton, I mean, uh, Roddy Piper's done a lot of great stuff. But Ran you compare Randy Orton with his 14 championships, his two Royal Rumbles, I would still say that Roddy Piper has a better legacy than Randy Orton and is a better overall yeah. all-time performer than, than Randy Orton. If you because put, the Randy... The Ran the Randy uh, Orton. Let, 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 let me finish. Hold on. I'm right. sorry. One more yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you stick Roddy Piper in the WWE in 2006, let, let's just say you 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 take you take 1984 Roddy Piper, put him in WWE in 2006, Roddy Piper would be like a seven-time champion, 
Oh, he would have won the Royal Rumble. He would have cut just amazing promos every single week because Piper's, they would have done Piper's Pit to death and we would have loved it instead of Miz TV. I would love Piper's Pit every single week for like the next five, for five years in a row. And Roddy Piper would have had a 300-day reign where people wanted to, where people were watching Raw to see Roddy Piper get his ass kicked. And that's yeah. the difference there with Randy Orton. You can give him all the championship title reigns. They don't mean anything, you know? You're like really, it, it's so it's this Randy Orton theory. It's this whole thing where one one other wrestler I look at, Charlotte Flair is another example of someone with this. So he's very similar. The whole you know wrestling family pedigree, the third generation or second generation, whatever, gets given all these titles so that in 15, 20 years, when they're doing the WWE Hall of Fame package, they can say, "Oh, here's Randy Orton, the the the, the most reign world title runs ever, twenty two world title reigns." four-time rumble winner six intercontinental titles irrefutably the greatest of all time even though like in my personal opinion i think you're the same when you look at who's the greatest in wrestling you look at impact memorable segments mainstream appeal all this kind of stuff randy on just because he wins a bunch of fake accolades and has wwe title reigns that are less than one night less than a month long and that all adds up to be 22 reigns total that doesn't mean you're the greatest if anything that makes it go okay well, you weren't good enough to have reigns that were that long because you weren't entertaining enough, you know? Right, and, and let, let's compare him to some of his peers, too, because the Roddy Piper comparison, you can't eat, it, it's just yeah. unrealistic. So you compare, compare him to him, Cena. Yeah, you, you compare him to some okay. of the guys from today. You compare him to Cena, Punk, um, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, Edge. Edge. Yep. You compare him to all those guys. Edge had his WrestleMania moment, main event against Undertaker. CM Punk yeah. had the pipe bomb. He had his WrestleMania match with Taker. A bunch of other Literally, things. Literally, the Punk pipe has done. bomb. Sorry to cut you off. I'll let you go back in a moment. The pipe bomb, in and of itself, I dare say, is that more memorable than anything Randy Orton's ever done? Yeah. Like the pipe bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the pipe bomb is a top five promo of all time. You know, top ten, whatever. Yeah. You know, Orton. But yeah, so you look at it. You go. You look at. You compare it to even Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins had yeah. to cash in at, at WrestleMania. Iconic moment. Yeah. More iconic than anything Orton, Orton's ever done. Rollins, he's had great matches with a ton of people. Roman Reigns, he main evented, what, four WrestleManias in a row? Great stuff with Brock. Just yeah. what he's doing now as the tribal chief. Even when you compare Legendary. him to his yeah. peers in the 2000s and the 2010s, just what he's done overall doesn't stack up. And it does, and, and you don't have to have the mainstream it's, success. It's Kevin, he's won, he's won 14 world titles. Look at the resume. Exactly. And he doesn't have to have the mainstream success that Stone Cold had pushing Mike Tyson to make him better. Like, even when you compare him to his guys that are in the same era, they have the same chains as the PG era, they're still able to do great stuff compared to Orton. Facts. And also, one thing I think we'll... we'll, I'll quickly talk about this and then we'll close. It'd be remiss of us in a Randy Orton video to not talk about, really, the Randy Orton scene and rivalry. We kind of skipped in 2009. Just give me your honest thoughts on the greatest rivalry in history, Michael. Orton Cena, Michael. Like, give us your honest thoughts. Just, what oh, do you think? God. <laughs> I-, I was actually going to bring this up, too. Orton and Cena, yeah. this is the rivalry of rivalries that nobody asked for. Nobody. Yeah. Like, like if you look at John Cena's great rivalries, people are going to tell you John Cena Edge, John Cena Punk, Cena Styles, even Cena Kurt Angle. I've seen people throw that over Cena Orton. Just, like, there's some people that grew up, like, if you grew up specifically in 2008, 2009, like, if that was your most impressionable time as a wrestling fan, yeah, you're going to love Cena Orton. But if, like, if you didn't grow up in those two years, then no, you're not going to like Cena Orton. Like, it's just, you know, it was something that, like, for people that were watching in the Attitude Era, it drove people away. Nobody cared. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, the amount of, like, 
one of the things I always like to talk about with wrestling, like the death of WWE and all this kind of stuff, really the Ruthless Aggression era kept around uh, uh, most of the attitude, well, you know, the, the, it's debatable, but really the thing with Cena and Orton, because WWE went so hard pushing those two, and because of the quote-unquote characters of them, Cena was Superman reborn, and Orton was, I mean, how would you even describe Randy Orton? The apex predator? Like, bruh. So those are the two guys they push. And then if, if you're not a fan of either of those two guys, which many people weren't because they're not exactly the most you know compelling, generally speaking, especially in those time periods in like 06 through 2013, if you weren't a fan of them, you were just going to turn off, which is why a lot of the male 18 to 49 like wrestling fans turned away. The quote-unquote normal wrestling fan from the Attitude Era and the Ruth Discretion Era turned off because of Cena Orton. Those people are long gone. Those are the people now watching MMA, UFC, God knows what, just sports and forgotten about wrestling altogether. But that, that's those people. So what's left is a bunch of people who are either, you know, you have your nerds, your people who just love pure wrestling, the people who've always been around, the people who love, you know, going on dirt sheets and forums and talking about wrestling, these types. So that's why Cena Orton in many, many regards did kill wrestling because they drove away the audience who wrestling made his name upon. You know? Yeah. And it was like, it wasn't even like they feuded for three, four months and it was really good. It was yeah. like they feuded from 2007 to 09 off and on. It would just be like, okay, we have nothing else to do for this pay-per-view. We have no compelling story for Cena. So we'll give him Orton and they'll fight for no reason. And we'll have Orton beat him up with a kendo stick. Or we'll do this triple threat match with Triple H and Orton. It was just, it was filler. It was filler. And it's tricked a yeah, lot of people thing- into thinking that it's better than it is. Well, that's the thing with 2009, because they had like, I mean, 2009, we had, it was what, SummerSlam, was it Breaking Point, Hell in a Cell, Bragging Rights, like, Cena and Orton had matches and like, all those pay-per-views, and they're all two weeks, you know, separated from each other, and every match, the title would be changing hands, so you're just boosting these guys' title reigns in a, a storyline which, outside of Ishan, no one was really desperately begging to see, <laughs> shout so out, it's just- Shout like, out our guy, Ishan. Yep, shout out Ishan, big fan. Uh, awesome, you've supported both of us so long. But nonetheless, you get my point. Like, it, it's one of these things where, okay, Cena Orton, these are the two guys that WWE likes, these are the two guys WWE wants to push. Have them trade the title for the Randy Orton theory so that in 20 years of Michael Cole's reading their Hall of Fame package, Cole can say that Orton's a 26-time WWE champion, makes him seem like the greatest ever, even though anyone who watched him knows that for 14 to 20 years of Orton's career, when it's all said and done, he was just going through the motions and didn't try, you know, so... Exactly, and, and people like WWE always has this agenda. They try to push Cena and Orton as like the PG era's Austin. Greatest rivalry in history, Michael. Exactly, they try to push it as <laughs> they try to push it as this generation's Austin Rock, Sean Brett, you know, and 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 it's just like uh, I don't know. It's just no. It's just a miss, bro. Yeah. So I think that's basically all there is to say about Randy Orton. The dude nowadays he's involved in genuinely good stuff for the past like year. Before that, he was just going through the motions for the better part of 15 years. So, with that said, any, any other final thoughts on Randy? Uh, nah, I got nothing else, man. No, I think we've, we've done decently for time. I don't know how long this is exactly. It doesn't feel like we've gone over realistically. So, I think we're all good. If you've enjoyed this Elite Heat podcast and you're listening to it on YouTube, hit the like button, comment down below your thoughts on Randy Orton, you know, share the podcast around, go, go to Spotify give it a listen, try listening to us, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, without further ado, this has been Elite Heat, Episode 6, the only wrestling show you need on Mondays. Kevin, it's been fun.
Yes, it has been fun. I'm going to go get some fresh air and try to bring my blood pressure down. I feel like I've been ranting for like an hour and a half. So, yeah, if you made it this far, like like, you, like Alita said, subscribe to our channels. Hit that like button. Do all that good stuff. Don't forget, check us out on Spotify. Please, please, please. So, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.